0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. The transfer window is nearly closing it's getting there it's absolutely getting there and this summer has been absolutely ridiculous from Lionel Messi joining PSG Ronaldo returning to Old Trafford and Harry Kane being forced to stay put this has been a summer that will live long in the memory of every single football soccer fan and as Fabrizio Romano gets some well-earned shot eye I'm gonna be joined by Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson from CBS Sports we'll be talking about the madness that was this transfer window as, of course, the final day. We'll be talking about the last-minute deals and other bits of news from a very, very busy transfer deadline. Que lasso begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to the special transfer window, end of transfer window, end of madness episode. I'm Luis Miguel Echegaray very soon will be joined by Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson. I just wanted to have this time between myself and you guys just to discuss and break down and reflect on what has been an insane summer. The Lionel Messi to PSG News hit us like a truck. We did not see that one coming. It was unbelievable due to Barcelona's financial situation. And of course, the transfer deadline, the last final day, had to be headlined by Barcelona itself. As Antoine Griezmann leaves Barcelona, heads back to Atletico Madrid. We'll be talking about that special move. Unbelievable as well. It looks like even though Florentino Perez and Real Madrid Wanted to get a little bit of Kylian Mbappé action and really meant business. PSG Al Khalifi said no. We're going to be talking about this, about all the transfer business, a lot of conversations, a lot of energy, a lot of fun. And Kego Lasso is about to introduce my man, my brother, Jimmy Conrad is in the house. Jimmy Conrad, what's up, my man? Yeah, what's you?
1: up, LME? What's up, everybody watching? Let's get after it. The transfer window is alive and well and almost done, sadly, but what a transfer window. It has been great to see you as always. You're looking handsome.
0: I thought, thank you, my friend. I- I'm so do you, what shirt are you wearing right there? Is that, you? I've got a, League?
1: I've got a Mallorca shirt on because oh. I'm excited that US Hop- men's national team player, Matthew Hoppy is headed to a beautiful, island. imagine being Matthew Hoppe at this point what? going, I don't know where I was going to go. And, and I'm now in like this really cold German city. And now he's going to an Island off of Spain. Yes. Sign me up for that. I want to be Matthew Hoppy right now. That's ridiculous.
0: Such a good point. It is such a good sell, by the way. Mallorca is absolutely beautiful. And now, Kyrie Irving and Matthew Hoppy have something in common. Their boss is Steve Nash. It's going to be absolutely amazing. It's going to be great. Hey, by the way, a lot of American business done this summer as well. Jimmy, Conrad, so we're talking about that. Jonathan Johnson will join us very soon. But I wanted to just remind everybody to please like, follow, subscribe, leave a review, follow Jimmy on Twitter, follow myself on Twitter, but really, que uh, Lasso pod. Ask us questions on this YouTube channel. Please send us questions and comments. We want to put them on the screen. We want to answer them. We want to really get in the business. Jimmy's here. Jonathan's here. Maybe even Fabrizio. I'm not sure. But please send your condolences. Send your thank yous. If you can voucher a drink at his local bar bar in the land (laughs) send it over Unbelievable. how hard does this man work jimmy conrad
1: Ah, it's incredible i i can't even keep up he's he's got his finger on the pulse everywhere and uh yeah it's it's i don't know if he sleeps i don't know if he eats i don't even know if the guy goes to the bathroom but uh it's it's pretty
0: impressive he doesn't go hey listen we we had to introduce the final piece of the puzzle today jonathan johnson john underscorely gossip jj how are you my friend
2: Hey guys, doing very well. Thanks. And I can confirm that unlike Fabrizio Romano, I do go to the toilet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I need to see proof. Not actual full-on proof, though, actually. So maybe I'll take your word for it. But JJ, welcome. Uh, Welcome, everybody. As I was mentioning, please send us questions on YouTube. We really want to answer them. We'll be posting them on the screen. But let's get started straight away. I mentioned in the intro, of course, what an insane summer transfer window that it's been before we get into the details into the nitty gritty i really wanted to just ask both of you guys just honestly obviously we've still got a little bit of time here left as as some deals are being finalized but how insane has this window been i mean jimmy let's begin with you how just historically speaking one player one star alone is enough like even if ronaldo to man united alone would have been crazy everything else that's happened this summer has been insane
1: In some of the moves too, a messy, obviously leaving big shock that alone, as you said, would reverberate and be like, well, that's the craziest transfer win of all time. And then Ronaldo, he's gone. That's crazy. Even though he can kind of feel that he was thinking about wanting to leave and pushing out and and it didn't end up happening and going back to a club where he's a legend. And that's also the moves that didn't happen. Mbappe staying, Erling Haaland staying, Harry Kane staying you know, and so it's, and then Griezmann leaving, I I just, my mind is blown and it continues to be blown. And I feel like every other transfer window after this, is just going to be a little bit more boring. I'm just going to throw that out there.
0: I think January is going to be very quiet. How did you feel about this, JJ? What were your thoughts over this summer transfer window? Yeah, obviously it's just, uh, you know, one surprise
2: after another. And I don't think any of us saw the Griezmann thing coming. I mean, we've known that Barca are a bit of a mess for quite a while now, but you know, to this extent, I think, is, is is pretty shocking. You know, I think we all assume that when Messi left, Griezmann would, you know, sort of step up and become Barca's new star. And now Barca are doing without Griezmann and Messi. It's, you know, it's pretty wild. And that's all on top of everything that Jimmy just mentioned. You know, Ronaldo going back to United. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone would have put money on that maybe even six months ago. Uh, yeah, and then the, you know, the Mbappe uh, transfer saga going all the way Right up until the very end of the window, Uh, you know, PSG making a bunch of moves on free transfers, you know, a bunch of the different champions in the different countries selling their best players. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride from start to finish.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's begin uh, with the club that pretty much started this kind of madness, I guess. I mean, people could say Jack Grealish and Man City, but really maybe it's this one. Barcelona, the dumpster fire. That's been Barcelona ever since, really, last year. You know, the moment Messi started saying things like, I want to leave, etc., and the financial, economical issues. Today, they had to end it on a high. Atletico Madrid, obviously, Jimmy is part of this narrative as Adju Griezmann returns to Atleti, which uh, already in itself is kind of amazing. My friend Alexander Abner, who so I used to work with, at Sports Illustrated, had a great tweet saying, you know, basically you know, they bought Antoine Griezmann from Atletico for a certain amount of money. Atletico, Atletico brought him back, made a profit, by the way, won a league title within that, and Barcelona's uh, books, financial books, kind of went all tumbling down. Then Pushkets and Jordi Alba take pay cuts uh, for Aguero. Uh, Luke de Jong now, uh, part of the uh, conversation as Martin Braithwaite is still there. Danny Alma attempt, which was a failure. Joao Felix was maybe uh, you know, going to be part of that swap deal, but it didn't happen. Talk to me about Barcelona, Jimmy Conrad.
1: I'm going to start with the messy situation, and also I should say that you can't spell Barcelona without an L, because they took the biggest <laughs> L with for any club uh, during this window. The fact that you let the best player to ever play leave for free when he wanted to stay, is absolutely unacceptable. And nobody can tell me otherwise. That is insane that 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 happens, that they even let it get to that point, that they had a year to figure it out and they still couldn't. And now they're giving away Griezmann and then just taking more L's by by losing money on that deal. And to your point, letting uh, Leti win the league. After they gave away Luis Suarez, and, and now they're giving the number nine shirt to Martin Braithwaite, and now Luke de Jong comes in. I mean, it's just Dutch players. Kuban just wants Dutch players. Listen, I'm getting a little emotional here. I just don't understand it. I don't get it. <laughs> and and maybe their financial situation was so dire. This is just where they are, and this is what it's about. But it, it's it's unacceptable on a lot of different levels. And I think it's going to take a while for them to recover and get back to the Barcelona that, that people know. And they might not never get there, and they're never going to have another Messi.
0: Well, I want to continue from that. Literally that point right there, JJ. Will, will Barcelona ever return to being Barcelona once again?
2: You know what is funny? Because I think back to how Barca used to be when I was growing up. You know, they had some good players. You know, the likes of Rivaldo, the likes of Clivert. You know, there were a bunch of Dutch players there at that time as well. Reisiger, guys like that. But, you know, they, they, they weren't the Barca that we were then used to in Messi's era. And honestly, I think... The fact that their finances are in such dire straits can be the only thing that really explains to me everything that's just gone on in the last 24 hours. Because like I was saying earlier, I really expected that Barca would try to, you know, to to, to fight on. Griezmann would step up and become the new talisman of the team. That He's now gone back to Atleti. Uh, he's gone back on very favorable terms for Atleti. Spanish champions, let's not forget. You know, and this is, this is basically Barca becoming even weaker while their rivals for the title get even stronger. I don't think that Real, you know, are necessarily as strong as they were last season. When you lose the likes of Ramos and Varane, yeah, sure. You're gaining Camavinga uh, and Benzema is still in great form, but you know, that squad's not getting any younger. Uh, and, but for me, I still think that they're stronger than Barca at this moment in time. And I don't see Barca, you know, managing to, to, to get back to to where they were for, you know, probably the best part of the next 10 years and, If things continue to move the way that they do uh, in terms of transfers, there's a very good chance that Barca get left behind. It's difficult to see how somebody is going to turn around a club that's in such a mess at this moment in time, you know, from top to bottom.
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I want to move from that perspective. As I mentioned at the top, there talking about Barcelona, how that impacts Atletico Madrid. Jimmy Conrad, I know that you must be a happy man. This squad now? ridiculous let's talk about it for a second joe felix remains of course luis suarez antoine griezmann returns angel correa is on an absolute run we just talked about cunha as well arriving to atletico madrid oh by the way rodrigo de paul is there as well carrasco they kept carrying Trippier. this is a team now that can not only retain la liga but now elevating their chances for the champions league jimmy
1: Yeah, and what's interesting about that is it reminds me of their odds. They're 25-1 to to win the Champions League, and I think they've created enough depth to be competitive in both competitions. Obviously, Diego Simeone has gotten them to the final a few times but hasn't actually crossed the finish line on top, so he'll be eager to want to do that, and I think he's got a squad to maybe squeeze out a little bit more magic from the Luis Suarez from some of their older players like they did last year to win La Liga. You got Griezmann back, who I think is going to have something to prove. I do wonder about Joao Felix and just about his future in particular. That's probably a conversation for, for a different podcast. But that's interesting, especially when you bring in Acuna, who's another young player, 23-year-old Brazilian from Hertha Berlin. And, and you, you have Angel Carrera, who's now, as you mentioned, absolutely blowing up. If the season ended right now, just based on this small sample size, I think he'd be up for the ball on door. That's how good he's been. And, and you have now you have some depth. You, you fig- also figured out uh, the Saul situation. If you have a player there who obviously is beloved, he grew up in the, in the academy and came through, but but because that situation has been solved, he's not a distraction anymore. And, and I think that's going to help the team move forward as well. So when I look at their team on paper and all the options they have on both sides of the ball, I, that's a team that I think can easily retain the La Liga title and then maybe go on and actually push on to challenge some of the other top teams to win the Champions League.
2: I mean, this is assuming that all of the deals actually go through. There have been there's been late speculation that the three deals, Griezmann, Saul, uh, de Jong don't actually happen. You know, that leaving them in limbo actually, you know, could keep Barcelona at a relatively decent level of strength. I mean, who knows? You know, anything can happen in there, the the crazy final few minutes of a of a transfer window. But if they don't go through, you know, suddenly that that gives it a whole different complexion. You've got Saul staying no Griezmann coming in, uh, you know, and Barca, although they have to deal with somebody who they haven't been able to get the best out of since he's been there, uh, you know, suddenly they're a little bit stronger in that title race.
0: Yeah, absolutely. A uh, very good point, by the way, and that's what we're doing this live because we want to keep you updated at this moment. We have to keep our track on it to see, as JJ mentioned, if the Griezmann deal is done, if Saul indeed goes to Chelsea as well. So we'll keep our eye on that. All right, just very quickly, obviously, The major part of this summer as well, even to the very last minute, Jimmy, was PSG and Real Madrid. And of course, Florentino Perez's search to see how serious he was about killing Mbappé. Reportedly, that, that, you know, per pretty much everybody, including Fabrizio, uh, the offer, JJ, which I also want your input there, of course, because you know exactly what's going on with Paris Saint-Germain. But 200 plus million euros uh, was the, ultimate offer that was given by Florentino Perez. And El Calife stood very firm, doesn't want to let him go. We know that Mbappé wants to go to Real Madrid. It's just that he's being respectful of PSG, of course, and his tenure there. So, But Camavinga did go to Real Madrid from what seems like a pretty reasonable price, Jimmy. So all in all, how would you rate Real Madrid this summer?
1: I would say it's hard for me to... I always want to do it retroactively because I think that they're making moves now... Or, or not making moves now to make bigger moves down the line. I think they're going to sign a pre-contract with Kylian Mbappe in the January when they can do it in January to make sure that's all ironed out and ready to go. I'm sure JJ can speak to that. And, and then from there, once the Mbappe thing didn't look like it was going to happen, then you start to make purchases and maybe this was a sign to to Mbappe hey we're already starting to make purchases to start to surround you with with younger talent Modric and Cruz aren't getting any younger Casemiro has a ton of mileage on his legs I think Fetty Valverde will come in and him and Camavinga it could be the future of that mid, the Madrid midfield moving forward the Mbappe PSG situation is going to be I can already see it being kind of ugly here at the end it was kind of ugly right now so I don't think it's going to get any better but you'd like to think there's going to be some professionalism that exists here throughout the season and I guess PSG, and I definitely want to hear JJ's thoughts on this, are hoping that because he's had such a great time with this all-star team that he's surrounded by and potentially winning the Champions League and doing everything, that maybe he won't want to go to Madrid. Maybe he will want to stay, and that Neymar and these guys can get their hooks in him to not let him go, and maybe that's the play at this point. Otherwise, you're going to lose the guy for free. I'm kind of curious if if PSG would even consider offering him up in, in January. JJ, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, first of all with regards to a January move, I'd, I don't think we'd ever see yeah, somebody yeah. of of Mbappé's caliber moving mid-season between teams who are in the Champions League. Um, you know, maybe if they get desperate in terms of trying to cash in for a transfer fee, you know, anything can happen given what we've seen in this transfer mm-hmm. window and sort of over the last 12 to 18 months. But also at the same time, you know, I I'd say, you know, how much is a Champions League victory worth to PSG because that's essentially how you're valuing Uh, Mbappe at this moment in time okay we've said it for the last couple of seasons and they did go close you know losing out to Bayern uh, a couple of seasons ago Uh, obviously far short against Manchester City last time out when Mbappe missed the second leg Uh, and you know PSG will feel that now with the way that they've retooled this summer you know bringing in the likes of Messi, Ramos, Donnarumma, You, Hakimi, you know, just just reeling off all of these names is, is is crazy. I mean, the the scenes in house the other day for Messi's debut were were you know. Is unlike anything that I've ever seen before.
0: Yeah, go into uh, and- that, JJ. How, just sorry to interrupt. Go into that. How did it feel like being there and Messi coming in, but also in scoring a brace? You know, how did it feel? You know, I know they were away from home, but from uh, PSG's faithful, like how did it look for them just seeing all these stars and, and getting that, you know, that result?
2: Yeah, it was very surreal. I mean, to see Messi on the touchline preparing to come in. I mean, I'd, I'd say it was it was kind of theatrical as well in a way because there was no Messi in the warm-up before the match. There was no Messi at halftime. So everyone was sort of baying for a glimpse of him. And the first time they got to see him was when he was trotting up and down the touchline, getting warmed up. Uh, you know, PSG go and hit uh, Hans on the attack. Uh, Mbappe makes it 2-0. And as soon as that happens, Messi comes on to the pitch. Uh, you know,
0: and then Andre Herrera seen... has never received such an, <laughs> <opportunity>. <laughs> yeah.
2: exactly. But then you look as well at the way that the Hans fans were, were greeting him, you know, they, they were almost willing him to score, you know, it was already two 0 to PSG. They, they wanted to see him score the, f- his first goal in French football, uh, which was, you know, also kind of a, a, a weird experience, but like you said, it was still Mbappe who was the key man for PSG. It was still Kylian Mbappe who scored the two goals. Uh, you know, and and looked fully motivated, hungry to succeed once again. And that, I think, is what PSG are banking on uh, with not letting him go to Real Madrid now because they're looking at it thinking, well, Mbappe may well be our ticket to winning the Champions League this season. And if he gives us the Champions League before signing off and moving on a free transfer to Real Madrid, it'll be worth it. Let's also not forget that the 2022 world cup is going to come midway through next season so whoever wins the champions league this season will be the defending champion when the world cup rolls around so mm-hmm. for psg and their qatari owners to potentially have the champions league title when the world cup arrives in their home country you know that that will be it, it's it's priceless and that i think is one of the major reasons why psg's decision makers don't really want to take such a serious decision um because it, it, you know if they if they decide as a as a football club and as a business would normally do, they would have accepted the offer when it got up to the 200 million euro mark for mbappe. But it's also a question of prestige. And you know for that reason, uh, you know PSG reason that they cannot be without somebody like mbappe. Now had Real you know come in earlier in the transfer window, perhaps it would have been a different story. That's also another uh, you know topic uh, for debate, you know whether or not this was actually Real Madrid offering money that they had and they could actually, you know, cough up and and give to PSG this window or whether it was Real Madrid trying to make a point to UEFA, uh, you know, about the, the, the super league and about the, the state of, uh, finances in European soccer right now. So, you know, plenty to be said about it, but the bottom line is Mbappe is going to remain a PSG player for this coming season. And that's going to make PSG stronger in the champions league, especially if he continues in the form that he started this season. in.
0: Yeah. Um, As great as Mbappe is, Jimmy, the Real Madrid dodged a bullet, though, because, uh, you know, they could take that gamble in January and I guess try and invest in other ways.
1: Yes, I do think they dodged a bullet and it would have been nice, I think, for a lot of reasons, marketing reasons, TV deal reasons to have a player of killing Mbappe's stature back in La Liga after losing Ronaldo a few years ago when he went to Juve and now Messi to PSG. So having that, they have big names, of course, in La Liga, but to have that one signature, you can build around a marketing campaign. I think they're probably going to miss that a little bit uh, in this particular year. We'll see if Atleti uh, can show up and, and just start to blow everybody away. But but that's still more of like a team than it is any individual players. So with regard to your point, though, the fact that they can now save that money and now, as we saw with Camavinga, start to splash the cash on, on different players, maybe save it for Erling Holland as well. And then that would be a nice a little project they've got going. Paul Pogba, if he doesn't resign with Manchester United, he can be free as well. Like they can start to put a, this nice little team together and and, and really kind of show these, show Mbappe in particular, hey, you know, it's it, we're not just going to have you and, and, you know, hope for the best. We're going to have you and five or six other guys that are going to come in and make us the Galacticos once again. So it's exciting times about Madradista. You just have to kind of maybe suck it up for a season. But because you can see things are in motion, that should give them a lot of hope. Moving forward. Absolutely.
0: Luka Modric, Tony Cruz, Karim Bensema, they're not getting any younger. So you have to think about the overall squad. All right, let's move on to the rest of the business. I just want to give you, I'm going to tell you a few things here. Uh, Saul to Chelsea, that's meant to be happening. But to JJ's point, we just have to wait and see a 5 million euro loan with 40 million euro buy option. Radamel Falcao. Back to Madrid. To play for Rayo, by the way, just after. Hector Bellerin to Betis, uh, Bolton to Leon, Mois to Juve, Dan James to Leeds. I mean, I want to go all over here, but let's focus a little bit, I guess, from a Premier League perspective. Mois uh leaving Everton to Juve on loan. Dan James to Leeds is a big one there. Uh, Jimmy Connor, where do you want to go here?
1: I- I'll actually talk about Daniel James. I know that Bielsa has been a big fan of him for quite some time. And not that I'm surprised by that, but that Manchester United got there first and then sold them for as much as they did. It wasn't like Daniel James was lighting it up for, for uh, United. And when he played, he was okay, and he'd have his little sparks where you would be like, all right, you can see his quality, but it wasn't very consistent. So I, I actually thought Man United did some really good business selling Daniel James to Leeds, uh, and especially because Leeds is a rival. So it, it, there's, I don't know, there's a couple layers there. Like, why would they sell Daniel James to Leeds of all teams unless they thought they were going to get some really good value? And I thought that they did. So not really anything lost there. I think from a Man United perspective, I just think that makes it pretty clear that you want to keep Jesse Lingard around, that you think he's probably, we already mm-hmm. know he's, he's a good fit off the field because his, his energy and optimism is, is contagious, as you can tell. We saw it with West Ham on display and how that bleeds over to the field. But I think that they're going to lean on Lingard a little bit more now that Daniel James is out of the way. So that's a good, for all you Lingard fans out there, uh, that's a good sign. But uh, West Ham fans might be a little bummed because they probably wanted him back.
0: Yeah, sticking to the Premier League, JJ, I really wanted your opinion on this one. One that I think is one of the transfer deals of the summer, and that's uh, Odson Edouard joining Crystal Palace from Celtic for 14 million euros, by the way. Uh, 23 years old, I believe, still plenty to offer. Obviously, we know, uh, I think, uh, obviously, Patrick Vieira was a major reason for this move. What are your thoughts on it, especially since you know him well, You know, uh, just a talent, a talent uh, entering the Premier League here.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Interestingly, PSG actually get a cut from that transfer Mm -hmm. fee, the way that the transfer was uh, structured with Celtic. Uh, But he's somebody who's come on leaps and bounds since moving to Scotland. You know, he's really matured a lot because that was basically one of his big problems in France. Uh, You know, there were disciplinary issues, especially when he went on loan with Toulouse didn't look anything like the prolific player that we saw in Scotland. I'd say that if anything, you know, this move has come a little later than expected. And I I think that he probably could have moved on earlier and it would have been better for player and club because I think Celtic would have got a higher transfer fee. Uh, even higher than the one they're getting now. Uh, and and Edouard would have probably gone when he was in better form because he's gone off the ball a little bit what, since those transfers didn't come to fruition. But I do think that this has the potential to really, uh, you know, boost Crystal Palace up. You know, there's been a bit of talk about them pre-season potentially being relegation strugglers. I'm not Patrick Vieira's biggest fan based on what he's done so far in his coaching career, uh, particularly the, the chapter with Nice. But, uh, you know, I think with these players that he has at his disposal now, there's quite a lot of uh, exciting uh, creativity in there. You know, there's a lot of youth. uh, So there's reasons for Palace fans to be optimistic. And I think that if they can get some points under their belt early on, uh, I definitely think that they could be looking towards mid-table. And then you've got sort of the body uh, of a squad that can be built on for the future with players who are going to keep growing uh, you know, with uh, exposure to to Premier League action like Edouard. so you know, I think this is a this is, this is a good move uh, for both Palace and for Edouard.
0: By the way, as we're talking, Serge Aurier's contract with Tottenham has been terminated, so we will have to wait and see what his future holds. Thoughts? Nuno Mendes to PSG, uh, JJ with uh, Arno Kalimwendo joining Lens on on loan as well.
2: Yeah, I think uh, Kelly Morendo going to Lance is a is a good move. Uh, he did well there last season on loan, and I think uh, you know more of the same was was needed, especially after he came back to PSG. Sees them bringing in guys like Messi, sees Icardi having a decent preseason and starting the season in scoring form before he got injured. So you know, fingers crossed for, for Kelly Morendo. There's no option to buy there, so that's uh, definitely one to keep an eye on in terms of his development. Uh, and then with uh, with with, Men- with Mendes, I think when you're looking at the PSG formation or trying to to work out what Pochettino might consider to be his strongest 11. The shape that makes the most sense, and I think we debated this when Messi arrived, is a 3-4-3 where you push Hakimi sort of into the wing-back position, and then you need somebody who's able to do that on the left-hand side. Although Juan Bernat, when fit, would be that guy, Bernat has now been out of action for over a year. There's no way he's going to be getting back to his pre-injury levels uh, anytime soon. So I think for PSG to go and pull off a move like this, this late in the transfer window, and also to include someone like Sarabia in it, you know, that's a a pretty good get. I mean, there's going to be a bit of pressure on him. He's he's not even turned 20 yet, but also at the same time, uh, you know, from what I've seen of him. Uh, you know, he's been uh, a very strong performer uh, in a very short space of time with sporting. There's a lot of potential there. Uh, you know, and Hakimi is also quite young still, I mean, despite the fact that he's already played for Real, Inter, uh, Dortmund and now PSG. So, you know, there's no reason why uh, Mendes can't come straight into this PSG squad, get regular minutes and, you know, give PSG that balance that they need on that left side.
0: Yeah, uh, absolutely. I,
1: I, no, I just want to you know, jump in. No, I'm a Nuno Mendes fan. I think this was great business by psg to lock him in well we and said in. that
0: the left side of psg was going to be a problem right jimmy and then this kind of can maybe fix it a little bit
1: a little bit he's young and what i really like is the composure that he showed at such a young age to help Sporting Clube de portugal win their first league title in portugal in over 20 years i think that matters i think to have that type of experience to learn how to hold off two giant teams in benfica and porto and even braga at, at many times in portugal is not easy, and and for him to be a part of that team and a significant part of that team is important. Now imagine him walking walking into the locker room. I would be, you know, uh, you know, like I wouldn't make eye contact with it. Hi, Mister Ramos, and <laughs> hi, Mister Mesty. and then like you're looking down actually at hi, Mister Varati, you know, and you're looking <laughs> up at Donnarumma, you know, and and it just imagine imagine what he's going to learn from those guys. It's going to yeah. be tremendous, and I just think that even if he's not playing games, and obviously the games are where you're going to learn the most about yourself and how you. The decisions you make, and that your growth is going to accelerate when you're playing more games than in training. But at this type of training, surrounded by this amount of talent and this type of experience, he's going to learn uh, a ton. I was going to use an expletive, I'll leave it out. But he's going to learn <laughs> a ton, and and I, I just think his upside is going to be. Uh, I mean, the, right now we haven't even seen the ceiling. So imagine you mix him in with these guys. I just, it's. it's I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm a big fan of Nuno Mendez, and and uh, I think this is going to help.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a Man City target as well, but ends up going to PSG. All right. I want to talk about something very quickly, uh, because uh, on Monday, we obviously had Fabrizio and I wanted to. We had a Q&A with our viewers and listeners, and one of them had a good question. Who was the winner of the transfer window? Who was the loser? And Fabrizio's answer uh, was quite an interesting one. And I think I agree. He said it was Tottenham just because of maintaining Harry Kane. You know, a good start to the Premier League, I think. But overall, just maintaining and keeping Harry Kane and helping to build from that has really become a major victory from them. You don't have to agree with 42, but I would love to see from your perspective, guys, who is the winner of this transfer window, would you say, Jimmy? (laughs)
1: I'll probably take JJ's answer. I think the easy answer is PSG. The fact that they got Messi for free. Sergio Ramos, Donald Donnarumma. They paid handsomely for Hakimi, but he's going to earn it. Nuno Mendes signing. The fact that they are actually maintaining Mbappe for the following season, I just think, I don't know how you could argue otherwise. They are the biggest W uh, of the whole transfer window. I understand where I have Spurs in my top five, I'd say, because they didn't lose Harry Kane, because he lost his stare down with Daniel Levy. They got Christian Romero, I think, because they signed Gallini from Atalanta. Hugo Lloris decides to start playing world class again. Like they have a suitable replacement, and now he's picked up his game. Uh, getting Emerson here at right back, I think, is going to help them as well. The last day of the transfer window, uh, moving on Musa Sissoko and, and trying to figure out his place. Are we, are we, a, if he, if he wasn't going to fit, Nuno's style, and even Nuno himself. I think he's a good manager for this collection of players, and I'm excited about uh, the team. I still don't know about Harry Kane yet because I don't feel like he has gotten past his maybe disappointment of not moving. I mean, he put a lot of time and energy of trying to get out. And now that he's staying, I still think there's a lot of mental health parts of it that that feel like this is it. Now he's locked in for Spurs. For, I mean, he's not getting any younger. So I feel like he now has to accept that he's going to be locked in with Spurs for life. and And there's going to be, I don't know if it's a grieving process, but there's some type of thing that he's going to have to deal with And once he gets past that, then I think we're going to see the Harry Kane of old, but I don't think he's there yet. So I do think that Spurs had a good window, but I don't think it's better than
0: PSG's. (laughs) No, that's fair enough. What do you think, uh, Jay? You sticking with PSG, you think? Winner of the transfer window?
2: I mean, I definitely think that PSG are one of the winners of the transfer window. I mean, I think with Spurs there's a temptation to paint them as winners because of the way that they started the Premier League season. I I definitely agree with Jimmy there. Uh, You know, I think if we were talking about Spurs just before, just on the eve of the season getting underway, sure. Keeping Kane is a, is, is a big positive, but I wouldn't say that it puts them to the very top of, of being potential transfer window winners. I mean, I think if we're considering the way that they've started the season as well, you know, based on results, the fact that they brought in Rafael Varane and they've got Ronaldo back, you know, United have had a pretty solid summer. They'd definitely be up there among some of the winners. But yeah, in terms of sort of, you know, the number of players brought in and the, the quality uh, that that's arrived, you know, I think the the PSG definitely have to be considered winners. I mean one of the teams I also think that I didn't expect to be talking about in, in this sort of in these sort of terms was Inter because the beginning of their summer things look pretty bleak for them you look at the way that they've retooled you look at the way that they've started the sedia season as well You know, things don't look half as negative as I expected them to be over there. So I'd say that, you know, Inter deserve uh, a bit of credit as well. Simone Inzaghi, uh, you know, showing that he's not wasting any time to get his feet under the table there. Uh, You know, and I think that's uh, that that's important. Uh, I didn't expect Juve to be as bad as they are. You know, and I hope that Moise Ken can uh, hit the ground running because I've seen what he can do when he's in form and and feeling the confidence uh, after his spell with PSG. But, you know, Juve... They, they need more than just Ronaldo moving on. you know they, they seem to need a, a whole new identity, you know a new a new culture being ingrained into the club because they're they're looking you know like a, a pretty ropey uh, force at this moment in time or former force.
0: Yeah, well that's why Allegri is uh, returning to give that identity that Juventus very much needs. By the way, as we were talking, the transfer window is over. It's done. Finito! Congratulations to everybody, including Jimmy, JJ, James Bench, of we did it. course, Fabrizio we did it, Romano, we did it. We entire did it. team. Well done, oh everybody. God, we well it. done. Amazing. I don't know if this is the plan.
1: Oh, we did it. Is this we the applause? survived,
2: guys. <laughs> no, no.
1: Don't, don't, wait. We
0: did it! Right,
1: apparently, I'm seeing some some smoke on on the internet about Saul his agent kind of holding everything up. So right now, as it stands, Griezmann isn't officially an Atletico Madrid player just yet, but I don't know. I feel like the paperwork, maybe, maybe the Bureau facts didn't get there in time. I don't know how that works, but,
2: uh, (laughs) It's like the the scene in the firm where the paper drops out of the fax machine and then rolls Exactly, exactly. I'm sure it'll get sorted out as they do. JJ,
0: young uh, kids don't know about the firm, man. You're going to have to remind everybody about that. Absolutely. But it's true. It's true. But by the way, everybody, if you show already the initiations of intent of a transfer, things can still happen past the deadline, just FYI. So we're just holding, but it might not happen as Jimmy said.
2: you always get a couple of transfers where they get announced the following morning. They say, hey, guys, we're working on this last night. You know, yeah, got all the yeah. registration done in time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So just keep your eye on out for everything we'll see. All right, let's keep moving. And one that Jimmy will be very excited about. Americans on the move. We're
1: yep, 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 just yep. going to
0: talk a lot about a few of the names. But Jimmy, you can go wherever you want. And JJ, of course, add your very much needed info. Okay, Nicolas Giacchini to Montpellier. That was a good one venezia might as well just be called venice beach right now jack DeVries to venezia <laughs> from philly union on loan by the way hoppy of course that's why jimmy's wearing mallorca from Schalke. McKenny saying at juventus despite everybody burnley rumors how about that one chris richards from Bayern munich to hoffenheim on loan and eric palmer brown from man city to toys on loan as well jimmy where do you want to go
1: well i'm a friend of eric palmer brown uh he came up to the Kansas City uh, Youth Academy in and, and that area, and I'm excited that he's getting another shot. I think being in Liga is going to help him, and he's going to be challenged in a way that maybe he hasn't in some of others other loan deals. He is one of those kind of man-city lifers that's going to be on loan forever, very similar to the Chelsea lifers that we see. Matt Miazga comes to mind for another national team player that uh, is always on loan. But I'm hoping that he can he can find a home here. And at some point, if he does well, he can get purchased and kind of start his career without that kind of, I don't know, that, that backdrop of Man City behind him. McKinney, Weston McKinney staying at Juventus disappoints me a little bit because I didn't like what Maxi Allegri did, in some ways, did to him this past weekend against Empoli, where he started at him out at of the attacking mid spot and then took him out at halftime. And mm-hmm. I just felt like he set him up to fail. Uh, in some ways. And I didn't think that was cool. Maxi Legri. now he could probably sit here and say that I'm full of shit and that's fine. He can, he could definitely do that. I'm sure he would. Um, but I actually feel like whether they played him or not to, to kind of show other teams that he's healthy and he's fine. I just thought they tried to, I don't know whether they sabotaged him or, or did it on purpose, but it just wasn't, he didn't play in his best spot. And and if you're not going to put players in their best spots to, to play to their strengths, I just, I, I don't know. Maybe he was doing that on purpose. To, to the keep him? I don't know. I really don't Are know you Are worried happening.
0: about McKenny. I am. I am. I meant- am.
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't know if he's a maxi Allegri type player. And, and if he's not going to get valuable minutes after playing 46 games under Pirlo last season in all competitions, uh, that 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 worries me a little bit. Because if he had gone somewhere where he was actually wanted, then I think we would have got, you know, especially as we lead into 18 months away from a World Cup, I want all of our top players playing as many minutes as possible.
2: Similar yeah. to Kuhlman, uh throwing Umtiti to the Wolves. Sending yeah. him out to warm up and then uh, get booed by the crowd.
0: Yes,
1: yes, exactly.
0: Exactly right. Well, well, JJ, what do you make of uh, these Americans? A few Americans in the League R uh, movement. Uh, Joachini to Montpellier, you, you've talked to him. How do you feel about that one?
2: Yeah, I'm really curious about this one because I actually have a soft spot for Montpellier in the project that they were forming and I think they've been dealt two pretty severe blows losing Andy Delotte, uh and uh, Gaetan Laborde uh, very late on in the transfer. window. that's two major holes in their attack. Uh, they're going to fill that with Valère Germain on a free transfer and Gio Rackini, uh, you know, being the other attacker coming in on a loan with with an option to buy. And I think it's a big opportunity for Gio Rackini. I just worry a little bit for Montpellier that they're a little lightweight in attack on paper, um, you know, where given that they have the quality to mount uh, a push for a potential European qualification. I mean, it's difficult to say at this moment in time, Germain is somebody who needed to move somewhere where he was going to play more regularly, uh, you know, quite some time ago, I think he overstayed his welcome at Marseille. You know, he's not, he wasn't the most popular player there because he was quite frustrating. He missed good opportunities. Uh, and I just don't think that he's going to a like-for-like like replacement for somebody like Deloitte. So, you know, it's definitely going to be a challenge for for Aquini. I know that he was very disappointed with the way that last season went at Caen. Uh, and it's only natural, really, that uh, they would look to retool and bring in a new coach uh, with uh, Stéphane Moulin, who enjoyed great success with Angers. Uh, and it's just a shame that Gio you know, is not going to be part of that. But, you know, he does get an immediate uh, ticket to Ligue 1, uh, And this is a big opportunity for him now.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to go back to Matthew Hoppe and Mallorca very quickly here. And by the way, here's uh, Guillem Balaga talking about uh, what we were discussing. Uh, Griezmann not confirmed to Atlético. Luke de Jong not confirmed to Barcelona. Saúl to Chelsea as well, as it all depended on Saúl as we were discussing uh, per Jimmy's comments that it was Saúl's agent kind of holding everything. La Liga confirms right now that Griezmann has not moved to Atlético according to uh, Partidaso. There, so the market is uh is closed <laughs> I mean, by the way. So the, the,
1: the dumpster fire that is Barcelona continues, uh, that they couldn't get <laughs> they, this over the, the finish line at the last because minute. they
0: really needed this because of Griezmann's wages and just how much that's uh sucking out of uh of Barcelona. So, as you mentioned, the dumpster fire continues, but staying in La Liga and mm. uh, from the shirt that you're wearing, Jimmy, very quickly, Matthew, happy to. Mallorca as we mentioned what a great place to play anyway they've started well by the way two wins and a draw looking good uh Stu Holden Steve Nash part of the ownership group there so happy to Mallorca how do you feel about that an American in La Liga uh kind of excites me
1: Uh, 100% I'm very excited I'm sure that Stu and or Steve had some influence on this particular decision to say hey Let's go get him. Yeah, the owner of the club, Robert Sarver, also owns the Phoenix Suns. And so he listens to Steve Nash and Stu Holden, I think, quite a bit when it comes to this type of stuff. And I'm sure they have their own director of football and all that good, those types of roles as well. But Matthew Hoppe has something to his game. He's got a little, for all you old school U.S. Men's National Team fans, he's got a little Clint Dempsey in him where he's just going to do what he's going to do. He's going to be his own guy. And more often than not, that's going at teams. That's going at players individually. That's trying to make something happen. And when something he doesn't make something happen, he's pissed. He's throwing his jersey. I mean, it, it, it can be a bit petulant at times, but it also is what makes him great is because he's trying to do something positive every time he steps on and he feels like he can make a difference he can be the major influence he can be the difference maker and I like a little bit of that swagger and I think Mallorca are going to find a real gem without having to pay too much to get a player uh, of his type of quality and now he still has a lot of room to grow both emotionally and physically and tactically and technically and all that stuff he's a very young player but he's shown enough promise and, and I've seen enough of him now to think I like what he brings to the table and he'll be a nice balance to some of the other cooler, calmer players. And you need a little bit of that. You need a little swagger. You need a little craziness and unpredictability in your team. And I think Matthew Hoppe could, could do that for Mallorca. I don't know if he's going to be an out and out starter to start, but I think he could be a nice super sub uh, as he starts to ease his way into La Liga.
2: There was and actually the way, another transfer. There was actually another deal involving Mallorca that really took me by surprise the other day. And if there's one club that might be more of a dumpster fire in La Liga, or at least over the last couple of years than Barça, it's Valencia. So Lee <laughs> oh, yeah, Chiangin going to Mallorca for basically nothing. Uh, that that made me rise, raise my eyebrows, Carlo Ancelotti style.
0: <laughs> listen and the thing is the thing is about uh I'll just go back to hoppy very quickly he, there's a south american thing about him that i like he's kind of like uh he's like zero bullshit kind of thing i yeah, like the way yeah, that he yeah. plays uh, so it'll be interesting to see how does. and by the way you finish a game at home at mallorca you go back to your beautiful house uh, and you just uh chill out in one of the be- most beautiful places in the world all right let's finish up everybody with the deals that didn't happen. So obviously we're talking about how this Greece man, Saul, uh, is, is not at this moment, uh, you know, something that's going on as well. Luke de Jong is not happening. So we've got to keep our eye, an eye on that. But let's also talk about the fact that Kunde, it was basically $95 million or nothing. That didn't happen for Chelsea. Callum Hudson-Odoi staying put as well as uh, folks uh, thought that he was moving. By the way, something very funny. Chelsea fans mobilized to temporarily remove Sevilla's verified status on Twitter because they were so angry about the Koundé situation. Oh, They're Chelsea gone, fans. Man. Never changed Chelsea fans. Uh, Sven Botman as well. That didn't happen. Mbappé, we discussed. Ainsley Malin-Niles. He went on Instagram really frustrated about he just wants to play. And Everton, the move was blocked. A lot of Instagram drama there. Nicolas Tagliafico to West Ham. That was off staying at Ajax. Renato Sanchez to Wolves off as well, staying at Leo, Anything there, JJ? Let's begin with you.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few uh, possible starting points. I mean, going with the obvious one, Kunde I mean, Monchi took a really interesting tactic uh, by going public, basically holding a press conference uh, where he made the position very, very clear, uh, you know, sort of ironed out a few um, wrinkles in some of the journalist's story as well about the the potential move to Chelsea. Uh, and I actually think that he played a really strong hand. I thought that he played an absolute blinder, knowing that uh, De Jong was probably going to Barca. So I have to wait and see, wait and see if that's ratified. Uh, but, you know, I still think that it's been, you know, quite a good show of strength for, for Monchi because there's, there's no, there's no reason to accept a bid lower than the minimum fee release clause when you've got a club like Chelsea willing to go so close to that and somebody like kunde who in my opinion you know still has some growing to do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know he's only just become a senior international i um, mean okay he's been a very good performer for Sevilla, but i think uh you know he can still be a little more consistent as well mm-hmm. uh you know so i think his value is only going to grow so i think monchi has done very very well there especially when it became obvious to him that there was not going to be uh you know an, an easily identifiable replacement because you know we saw with the wolf situation with botman it wasn't going to be easy to get him out of Lille and we know how much monchi loves to raid france for for talented players at a relatively cheap price so you know i think that although that was a deal that didn't get done uh you know i think uh you know we should give uh give monchi the the credit he deserves there
1: yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly especially on Kunde as a player jj because i don't think he is the finished product just yet and i thought That's really expensive for a player who's still pretty raw. And obviously, if he went to Chelsea, he has the luxury of not having to start right away. They already have plenty of options. They're just older options. So he could have eased his way into the starting lineup. But I also think from Chelsea's perspective, having the emergence of Trevo Chalaba, have a great UEFA Super Cup, obviously started the season very brightly, scored a goal uh, for Chelsea. Of course, he hasn't started since then. So it's Tuchel doing Tuchel things. That's what
2: happens when you send your defender to Ligue 1. They (laughs) learn how to play.
1: Exactly, exactly. So, so with Koundé in particular, it just felt like a luxury buy at this point. And I think they could maybe try to get him a little bit later for the same price or maybe a little bit less. And so I can understand why Chelsea was trying to go underneath but, because but, they already had that option.
2: does not getting Koundé and potentially not getting Saul turn this into a bit of a lose for Chelsea on deadline day?
1: That's a great question. I think Saul would have helped them a lot. I felt like it was, a, it was a signal of intent that they were going to be competitive in multiple competitions. I think Lukaku was their biggest need, and that's a great signing, and I think that that's going to help them win something again, whether it's the Champions League or the Premier League. It's going to help them win some trophy of significance. But I don't think the Koundé one doesn't do as much for me. I would say that they lack in that central midfield in terms of depth. Conte's starting to get hurt a little bit more. Jorginho is not getting any younger. Kovacic is good but i feel like saul just brought so much experience with him knows how to play in front of a back three or with a back five or whatever it is and and is so well drilled and so disciplined as a player i just think he's a thomas tuchel i could see thomas tuchel absolutely loving a player like saul who can also then chime uh, chime in offensively as well and or chip in, excuse me and and get forward on occasion when he needed to so i think losing saul is a bigger loss for me for them currently, than, than Kounde when they already have options that can that can fill that spot in the back line.
0: Yeah, and by the way, you know Chelsea have you Trevor Chalobah as well. That's uh, an absolute talent as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, yeah. What coming in the future? I remember in the round of 16 against uh, Borussia Dortmund, Kounde obviously it was Erling Haaland, but Kounde really was showing up like Haaland a few times. Uh, to JJ's point and yours, uh, plenty to learn in the future uh by the way a few others Solomon Rondon to Everton uh is happening that's a that's a sexy one I like that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. him and DCL cooking it up I like it um and uh we did have some earlier moves as well uh from Arsenal who you know were looking of course to remedy what we have called Jimmy, the dumpster fire.
1: (laughs) We have a couple dumpster dumpster fires. fires. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. But Takahiro uh, Tomiyasu from uh, Serie A arriving, he's a good player. He's going to be able to add a lot of depth there. Uh, Thoughts on that one, Jimmy?
1: I think it's good because he has Serie A experience. He's 22 years old. He can play center back. He can play outside back on the right side. What I love about his game for the from the games that I did get to see him play, he's very good defensively 1v1. And I think when you have good 1v1 defenders, it allows you to take some more risks when you're pressuring the ball higher up the field, yeah. and he can pass. So I like that he, he, he takes a few boxes, I think, for Mikel Arteta in the style that he likes to play. Now, that said, I don't know how much longer Mikel Arteta is going to be there anyway. But in terms of the value that they got for him, I think he's a good signing. It still makes me laugh that Denzel Dumfries only went for 15 million or whatever at Inter Milan. Crazy, it still, man. still blows my mind that that he could have solved that problem for Arsenal for cheaper and has a little bit more experience than Tomiyasu. But but I like the Tomiyasu signing. I think that's they need to do more of that. They need to go find that really solid. I like Lacanga as well. And what actually? When I'll just say this, I'll raise my hand and say I act, pound for pound. When I look at the players on Arsenal, I like Partey. I like Lacanga. I like Smith Rowe, Saka, Aubameyang, Lacazette, Odegaard. I like these guys. I just don't think Martinelli, they have Martinelli,
0: Martinelli can play, man. Like, All these guys,
1: there's some good, good players here. I like Tavares, who they 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 signed as well, and Tierney, and and when Gabriel's healthy and Ben White, I think he can he can he's a good passer of the ball, and I think he'll be a good signing too. But I just don't know if they have the right manager for the job, and 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 that is the big the big issue here. And if they lose to Norwich, then Arteta's out. He's got to. But is, be out.
2: but is it? But is the would the coach really make that much of a difference? Because to me. I don't think, like like you I agree I think that they definitely have the talented players but the mentality the collective mentality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is just it, it's it's horrible I mean unless you're bringing in Ted say Latter- an Antonio Conte <laughs> some, somebody who is not going to you know let that kind of attitude slide I d- I don't see somebody else being able to turn that situation around it it almost seems to be a terminal issue uh, yeah, within that collective I yeah,
0: mean, listen, yeah. like, Arsenal has a way deeper... It's a multifaceted issue here with Kroenke's ownership and the lack of direction and Edu and the things that they have done, of course. But I, I don't know, man. I've seen enough of Mikel Arteta with Arsenal that tells me, like, you have you know, you know, have no idea what you're doing in terms of... Identity. <laughs> like, I, I don't know who you are. I, I'd yeah, rather yeah. see a team lose and actually know who they are, who they represent, how they press, what they do without the ball, what they do with the ball. Mm-hmm. But even if it is Man City, whatever... You cannot end a game with 18, 19% possession. That's just embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you have 10 men. There was nothing there. So to me, I it doesn't have to be Conte. Somebody needs to go in there. Mm-hmm. And again, I say it from, from the board all the way down. Like there's issues all over Arsenal. But Arteta hasn't given me anything in the time that he's had that shows me that you are an identifiable Arsenal. And that, that's a major problem. And that's a major problem for the Gunners, by the way. Hector Bellerin to Betis is official, by the way. And JJ, I think I want to spend this time right now, these 10 seconds, to salute Aston Villa. They got the business done <laughs> nice early.
1: Good window. I'll give it up. W. It's a big W for Aston Villa. Johan
0: like Lang. Lang went to sleep early. He didn't need to worry about anything. So well done, Villa. You didn't need to keep us crazy. I did want to... I'm just, just
2: going to add that in my family Villa chat on WhatsApp, that's definitely not the sentiment right. that's... Been or, any,
0: <laughs> or any Villa fan, JJ. You know, every we, we wanted Neymar and we wanted him now. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. All right. Uh, well, that's the end of our show. By the way, before we say goodbye to Jonathan Johnson and Jimmy Conrad, I wanted final thoughts from these guys. And it can be about anything. Overall, the summer window today, maybe the sexiest purchase, the most underrated transfer of the summer. That's what I would love to know from you guys. Uh, Jimmy, give me your thoughts. Maybe the most underrated transfer of the summer. What was that to you? Do you think?
1: Wow. That is, I think Rodrigo de Paul will probably end up being the one that it will look like the best business because Atleti got in there before he had his big Copa America. I like that one mm-hmm. a lot. From a German perspective, I think uh, Andre Silva, uh, getting him from Eintracht for RB Leipzig when he scored 27 goals in the Bundesliga could end up being some pretty good business. Uh, Bayern doing what they're doing, getting Sibitzer for $15 million. I don't even know how that's possible. Inter getting Dumfries for $15 million. Like These little tiny buys of some pretty high-quality players is always... How do they do that? Those are the ones that I just shake my. Yeah. Head. How did they f- get that done? And so I'm always a little impressed by those types of signings. Obviously, there's some big names out there too. Getting messy for free is always really nice. But I would say that uh, those are the little ones that kind of stand out to me right now.
0: How about you, JJ?
2: Yeah, I mean, I love the random factor of some of these transfers. Radamel Falcao mm-hmm, rocking mm-hmm. up of uh, viacano. Oh, yeah. that, that, that definitely okay. wasn't on the radar this morning. Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, I'm really curious to see exactly how this thing shakes out in La Liga uh, once we get off of this and whether the Griezmann, whether Saul, uh, whether De Jong are actually moving on or not. But no, it's been uh, it, it, it's been an entertaining transfer window. I mean, it, it, like, like Jimmy said, you know, there's a couple of good examples there. Bayern, you know, how they managed to pillage Leipzig for some of their best talents. And, you know, yet they finished second behind them in the league last season so it's you know it's going to be uh interesting to see how a lot of these new signings bed in uh you know which teams are happiest with their business after the international break
0: yeah my one will be it's obvious danny Ings, everybody out of nowhere (laughs) what a legend everybody doubted him including our james bench by the way including our james bench remember jimmy every time before danny Ings and villa plays james bench is always like i'm not sure about uh Danny Yanks, and boom, he gets a goal or an assist. James (laughs) Spence, bring on the hey, baby. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody, I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Jonathan Johnson for joining today. The transfer window has ended. Unbelievable. Keep up uh, with everything. Uh, the Beautiful Game has to offer from Jimmy Conrad on Twitter, Instagram. He's got his drum. John underscore gossip as well. All his latest on CBS Sports. James Bench, Faurito Romano, and then our entire team at CBS Sports. Don't forget, we got so much more to come. By the way, Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce will take over. Oh, so yeah. USMNT take care of business in World Cup qualifiers. Jimmy, bring that. Bring that. Let's, oh, let's, let's go.
1: <laughs> let's go let's do it let's do it i'm here for it go with usa all the way listen i love everybody it. enjoy enjoy the rest of whatever you're doing right now when you're listening or watching and thank you for joining us on this adventure and thank you for letting me drum on the show and let's go everybody the season i love just it we and got drum we go.
0: Going. jj go to sleep buddy i know it's late for you don't forget to click like follow subscribe Kego okay, well, last call. thank you so much and we will see you next time we out baby thank you so much